0: Hey Ding Dongs, I'm Jamie. I'm Richard. And this is Explain It to Jamie, the podcast in which I, Jamie, a politically innocent but curious young man, have the complicated political happenings of the world, explained to me by my lovely friend, Richard Lamb. A
1: super intelligent Google algorithm Uh, given feelings. Yeah,
0: doesn't he sound (laughs) real? Doesn't that voice make Google sound real?
1: Jamie... Your contact lens prescription's almost out. You should order some more. Oh, thanks, Google. Also, your monthly billing to vibratorvixens.gov has bounced. Fuck
0: you, Google. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were always out to get me.
1: <laughs> um,
0: ha. <laughs> Just joking. Richard's not an algorithm. I'm a human. He's a real, breathing human. Yes, he's... <laughs> until
1: he... until all those cybernetics come in, oh, and yeah. then I'm going to be mostly a toaster.
0: The great singularity Richard is looking forward to. Being the epicenter others. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are doing Syrian refugee crisis That's this right. week. That's right. Jamie wants to know about Syrian refugees. Yeah. What's going on with the Syrian refugees? Why... Oh, why are they? Why are they? Why they need places to stay? Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. What's going to happen to them?
0: We're gonna, where are they going to go? How many of them are terrorists? Yeah, yeah. It's a good question. Six.
1: Yeah, literally six. Literally six. And. Definitely, at least one of them's Chad. Yeah. That guy sucks. Yeah, fucking Chad. <sighs> fucking Chad. Chad Syria. Don't like him. Never have liked Chad him. Chad Syria. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's like that's like a fake name that a, a a terrorist who doesn't know too much about the United States would name himself to throw <laughs> off suspicion. Yeah. But no, but to like allow a certain amount of suspicion, like believable suspicion. Yeah. On Chad. 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 Syria. Syria. <laughs>
1: Um, um yeah 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 We're when you say chad like syria like that as a like as a as a suffix Ooh. it makes it kind of sound like his like hysteria so it's like chad, it's like you have chad syria yeah. <laughs> it's like you're so into chads yeah. which could either be the people named chad or the country or the of country chad. chad or possibly the dangling bits left over when you punch a a hole on a piece of paper yeah yeah and only a two-letter cousin of chode
0: <laughs> <laughs> jamie your, your your
1: payment to ChodeSteria.co.uk has bounced oh
0: god damn it googling i meant to type chad stereo <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay well i apologize to syrian refugees and let's get into it <laughs>
0: Ah, that 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 music always gets me hyped up to learn, and to make jokes
1: at the expense of my learning, <laughs> <laughs> as it does as it, to me. Yeah, your super intelligent computer friend. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, okay, so Jamie, what do you know about the Syrian refugee crisis? Um, what do I know?
0: I know. I know. Actually, a decent amount. I think. I think that you know, Syria is obviously in a massive. Like I don't know if you'd call it a civil war. You would call it a civil, civil war. war. Yeah. Between uh ISIS uh, the fellow who what runs the show, the Totalian guy. Uh, Al-Assad. Totalian, totalian. Bashir al-Assad. Like a, that's what you would have called Mussolini back uh, in 1930s. A totalitarian? Uh, totalian. It's Italian. <laughs> hey, uh, hey! I'm a Totalian. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm going <a> to <laughs> hey, kick you in the face with my boot, but the train is on time.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah. I'm
1: a four foot two.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, Bashir al-Assad. Yes. Is, is the the head of government, The government guy, yeah. There is the resistance, like rebel fighters. Yes. And then ISIS is out in the desert. That's right. W- waiting to see who loses. <laughs> and there's also the Kurds. And and also the Kurds, who yep. we talked about in our ISIS episode. Correct. Uh, as a pretty baller, uh, a bunch of Middle Eastern fighters. That's right. So
1: there's a civil war in Syria. Yeah. And that's caused a lot of people to... And need to leave Syria. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a refugee, um, refugees as a concept um, came into existence after World War II. There were a lot of, obviously, refugees during World War II, people who were displaced by violent conflict from their homes who tried to go other places because they either, their homes were destroyed, they couldn't live there anymore, or they felt like they were in danger in their homes right. and tried to leave to get to safety, right? Um, the the ex- classic example is like Jews fleeing the Holocaust once the holocaust became widely known understood or even when jews started to understand that the climate was really like was bad enough that it was time to go right, right? they tried to go other places and in a lot of places, including in Canada, the governments were so anti-Semitic and suspicious of Jewish people that they just turned them away. Right. Like like there's boatloads of Jewish people got to Canada across the ocean and Canada turned them away and sent them back to Germany where they died in concentration camps.
0: Now, that's a that's a semantic origin, right? Like that's when we were yeah, like, referring like refugees to refugees. Refugees have always
1: existed, but it's like in the wake of people realizing they had sent all these people in need to their deaths. Yeah. Um, with the creation of the United Nations post-World War II, refugees were... And during the Geneva Convention in... um, I think 1951 was the Geneva Convention. um, Refugees were defined as a protected class of, like, international traveler, essentially, citizen, right? And the the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees was created to help um, give resources to those people's rights. So basically, once someone... Uh, Leaves their home country because they're in fear. They they fear persecution or they feel they're in physical danger in their home country. Um, They they count as a refugee. And once, if you if like you and I left Canada right now because we felt like we were in danger and we got to another country, when we got there, we could say. We're fleeing Canada. We're we're declaring ourselves refugees, and we have to register as refugees. Then that country will check to see if we actually are refugees, right? And they'd probably look at our Facebooks and go, "Who are these two fucking assholes?" And they'd send us home, right? Right. But once you are officially counted as a refugee. Suddenly, the you you get uh, the country that has you gets access to resources that are kind of pooled in the United Nations to help refugees, and you as a refugee have legal protections. And right. You can't be deported back to right. your home country and stuff like that. Right? Um, it's also worth saying if you're just if if you go somewhere inside your own country because you're afraid of uh, violence or persecution. So like if we went from Ontario to British Columbia, we don't count as refugees and you don't get the same protections. Those people are referred to as internally displaced persons. Okay. One sec. (coughs) Wow. Um, there's a lot of computer has a virus. Oh, wow, I I was going to cut that, but now I have now to leave can't. it in because you made a joke. I knew you
0: were going to cut it, and I thought, no. How cement, can I ruin this? <laughs> cement that beautifully human moment into into the internet history.
1: But isn't that what a super intelligent computer bent on destroying the world would oh want you God. to think?
0: You've been reading, what's it, the, Something Dreams of Electric Sheep, the the, the book <laughs> that uh, Blade Runner is based <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, that's right, yeah. the Philip K. Dick book. yeah, yeah.
1: I actually haven't read it or have I. Oh my
0: god. Oh, there's what no what kind know. of
1: twelfth dimensional chess is the computer playing? Uh,
0: <coughs> Amazing. I'm yeah, coughing again. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see you. So there's a lot of
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of internally displaced people in Syria too. But there's also I think the current estimate Forgive me, I know my numbers are going to be a little bit uh, foggy because I read a lot of articles that all come from different periods of time, so I'm trying to stay current on the freshest numbers. I might get some wrong.
0: No judgment on any foggy numbers, as any numbers you require me
1: to produce will be made up. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I believe there are... 16 million total refugees right now registered on, on Earth, and about 12 million of those are Syrian refugees. Whoa. There's quite a lot of Syrian refugees.
0: You know, it's interesting, because one of the things I wanted to talk about is sort of uh, uh, the term refugee, and yeah. about how, you know, I mean, this, ha- this is, isn't just... This doesn't just apply to this particular situation, but because I've heard the word refugee thrown around so many hundreds of times in the last year now whenever someone says the word refugee my brain just automatically equates it with Syrian refugees yes you know like now now that's what that word means for me
1: well we're in a flashpoint right like there are always refugees and there have always been there have been more than one refugee crisis since refugees as a protected class were created like after the Vietnam War there was a massive refugee crisis hmm. um and the united states settled hundreds of thousands of uh, vietnamese people who were fleeing south vietnam after the fall of oh my god saigon right right like um i wanted to call it ho chi minh city which obviously is now what it's called because the Communists won. yeah um but uh, yeah after the fall of saigon and the, and the kind of defeat of the united states a lot of collaborators and stuff fled so they got resettled in um in america also a lot of vietnamese boat people they were called got settled in canada as well
0: yes and actually i'm gonna i'm gonna start things off with a very interesting anecdote of when i was a young kid we my uh i had this great aunt and she was sort of the 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 mortar in our extended family right Mm -hmm. like she was the one responsible for always making sure like not just cousins hung out, but like you met your second cousins and you know distant relatives. Mm-hmm. And every few years she'd hold a family reunion. And one year she she held it, and me and my cousins went and met well, my aunts and uncles and, and parents, and and it was this picnic that was like full of people that obviously we'd never met, um, but it was overwhelmingly Vietnamese. Right. Like seventy percent Vietnamese people of like two hundred people. Right. In a family reunion that I was in. for a bunch of white Irish <laughs> yeah. Irish people yeah, yeah so I was like we sort of showed up instantly confused yeah. like instantly like wait are we are we Vietnamese you know? <laughs> yeah. and that, like uh, that makes sense. I had uh, I had uh, you were like squ- I gotta call my agent <laughs> Yeah, yeah <right. laughs> I gotta change my ethnicity on my resume yeah well when I was younger I had uh, I had thinner eyes and I always had really dark eyelashes so actually occasionally people would say like are you like half Asian yeah I obviously could not pass as that now no. but uh, <laughs> but so I was like yeah a lot of things were confirmed for me in that moment as it turns out my great-uncle helped uh, settle, a, a settle, settle a number of refugee right, families, okay. and so they are like technically part of the family. Yes, um, but obviously have no genetic link.
1: That's right, um, and that's a super interesting thing about Canada that mm. we'll talk about shortly, I'm sure. Um, yeah. That you, Canada's one of the only countries on earth that actually allows people to do that mm. private private citizens to bring refugees into the country. Right, um, but the reason that you've equated. Refugee with Syrian refugees because since 2011, when the Syrian civil war started, um, it's the Syrian civil war has been such a, a violent and bloody conflict. Oh, should I pause? Oh, good idea.
0: Sorry, I should have waited for the end of your point. It's fine. I was closing the window. If this gets cut, it gets cut. If
1: it doesn't, hey. Did Jamie close the window, or did I delete the outside world? Yeah. Is this even Jamie and Richard, or is it all the
0: simulation? Oh, man, can you imagine if I found out you never existed? If you were just like a a part of my consciousness manifesting itself in real space for me? Has anyone ever seen us talking? That's why everyone looks at me the way I do when I talk about you. Richard, I knew it, I knew it. I'm just going to let you... An angle. It. I'm just going to let you... Keep improvising. <laughs> keep improvising. Um, okay, uh, back to Syrian refugees. Back to Syrian refugees. Um,
1: yeah, so it's been such a bloody and violent conflict. It has radically spiked the number of refugees who are trying to seek safety. Hmm. Um, and it's caused an international crisis, essentially, because... Um, Okay, well, in the West, we have a weird perception of the refugee crisis. You know, in Canada, it's a super hot topic politically right now. It's yeah. pretty high profile, right? Um, and in the United States, like refugees coming from Syria occupy a large space in the national mindset whether that's justified or not right Mm. and to give some numbers here like uh barack obama pledged to settle ten thousand syrian refugees in the united states which caused an out uh, an uproar among many people and you know donald trump's ban on refuge banned all refugees coming into the country with his first travel ban and syria was one of the targeted countries in that ban and that was a measure that was designed to make him popular with the people who were his base who didn't want refugees coming in, right? Right. Similarly, Canada has settled a lot more refugees than the United States, but we've only settled about 40,000 Syrian refugees so far as of right now. I was going to say 10,000, that's pretty piddly, isn't it? 10,000 is nothing. Yeah. But like, like what happens when, ref? like the, the refugee crisis is a crisis because you can think of it like a rock thrown into a pond and there's like an impact point and the impact point would be Syria and then there's like ripples, mm. right? And the ripples first effect of people leaving the country first affect the countries that border um, Syria, right? So Canada's taken on 40,000 Syrian refugees, which seems like a large number, and there's a lot of people who think we're being too generous in Canada. But, like, Turkey has taken 3 million Syrian refugees. Holy. Right? And Lebanon, um, right now, almost 20% of the people in Lebanon are Syrian refugees. Whoa. Like, one in five people almost. I think one in six people in Lebanon is a Syrian refugee. So in those countries, there is a crisis. Right, like three million people crossing the border into your country to seek safety is a crisis. That's huge, and it's just it's just a logistical crisis. Like, where are those people going to eat and shit? That is a, that's a, a crisis immediately. It's like, like
0: the province of Alberta. Yeah, walking into walking your...
1: into you know, Manitoba or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, like like that's a crisis. Where do they live? How? What do they do? Yeah. you know. Um, uh, and that's why. Rippling outwards then, you know, quickly, Turkey, people seeking safety in Turkey, which is a, you know, it's also kind of an authoritarian country, but it's pretty modern. Um, It was overwhelmed and and the conditions for living in Turkey rapidly deteriorated. (coughs) Turkey also was not that safe. Like there's ISIS penetration into Turkey. It's not always, and Turkish people became kind of unfriendly to Syrian refugees as they were, Their society became overwhelmed with them. So Syrian refugees started trying to get into Europe. And that's where shit really has gotten crazy, right? Right. Um, It's, again, interesting. From our perspective in Canada, we we get a really humanitarian kind of like, you know, profile in the New York Times, sort of look at the Syrian refugee crisis about about the people who are arriving in Canada. But Canada has the privilege of the Atlantic Ocean and has the privilege of choosing who gets to come and be resettled in Canada, right? Like people right. who come, to, refugees who come to Canada are super they're not heavily just vetted. In, yeah. You can't just get to Canada <clears throat> if you are a Syrian refugee, right? right? Whereas what they're doing increasingly now is piling onto these really flimsy rafts, right, and trying to go, leave either from Turkey or from Syria or from Lebanon, whatever countries they're in, and cross the Mediterranean and land somewhere in Europe. And overwhelmingly, they land in Greece, right? Which we've talked about in the, our last episode is an extremely poor country right now, yeah. whose social safety net and whose like welfare systems are being devastated by the austerity being forced on them by the European Union because of the Eurozone crisis, right? Like, um, like Greece has boatloads of people showing up on the shore, you know? They're they're um today, literally today, um a a, a A boat washed up on the greek shore that had a four-day-old baby whoa like like so like and what do you do like you throw these people back in the water like you we can't you can't send them back once you get them right everybody except the baby essentially (laughs) yeah everybody oh yeah uh, we'll uh,
0: be taking that off your go yeah 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 Yeah, i suggest west (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. um
1: Uh. Well, and so basically, the crisis arose as the European, the countries that were kind of on the border, which include Hungary and Greece and some of the Balkan states and stuff like that, didn't want people to just pour through them, right? They wanted essentially. Um, they all have different reactions. Greece has been a, a lot more forgiving. They don't have the resources to, um, the resources to handle everybody, but they're like generally there's a lot of uh, empathy in Greece, right? Um, Whereas in Hungary, which is a a closed ethnic state, right? Like Hungarians live in Hungary, and they there's some Hungarians in neighboring states, but it's a very small country. It's not very rich, and it's kind of xenophobic because it's surrounded by a lot of larger cultures that have many times and over history threatened to destroy it, and has only persisted out of strength of will. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not whitewashing it. There's a lot of horrible, very very prejudiced things about. Hungarian culture, including really bad anti-Semitism and also, you know, pretty bad anti-refugee sentiment. But Hungary is building fences now. Like, you know, there was an infamous video a while ago of Hungarian, like that, kind of like symbolized how much Hungarians hate the refugees. Is there were these refugees running because the Hungarian police was taking apart their camp and arresting people, and so they were running trying to get farther into Hungary. And there was a journalist with a camera tripping. Tripping refugees.
0: Oh yeah, I remember, remember that? that.
1: Yeah, so that's like an example of how different countries are handling right. different. Now, do maybe do maybe.
0: you think that Hungary would be satiated if they all had O Henry's? This is one of those oh, my Hungary. soul, my soul has died <laughs> moments.
1: Don't say it. Don't complete the jingle. Oh Hungary, oh Henry. Oh. <laughs> <Woo>! oh. Well. <laughs> Well, I'll, let's send that to the European Union. We'll see what they do with it. Yeah, um, yeah. So other and and be, this is another interesting thing. Remember, the European Union is an economic, um, an economic arrangement, that, but not a political union, right? Right. So there's no European policy about refugees. They've they're trying to agree on who's going to take how many of what, but all of the states have control over their own immigration, right? The European Union can't be like, everyone take this much shit. Now, Angela Merkel is trying to do that, and she has tried to be a leader and lead by example. Germany has settled over a million of the refugees, which is a lot. Right. Now, again... Maybe, you know, I
0: forgot to mention that in our last week's episode, Angela Merkel. If you feel like going to check that out, please do. But I forgot to mention... I think that's where a lot of my sort of uh, pre predisposed admiration for her before we did that episode came from. It's because I knew Germany was
1: settling a lot, a lot of refugees. And she faced a lot of political heat for it. Um, and it, it's actually gotten better now. Hmm. Germany started to settle fewer refugees, um, partly because I think there's fewer. Uh, there are fewer refugees coming now because a lot of them have just fled already or died Mm. um which is horrible to say but true um so i think german people are starting to chill out a little bit about it um but again she faced a lot of political heat about that but then and then there are countries like sweden sweden has is a very generous refugee state and has tried to settle a lot of refugees but it's been very draining on them and really draining on their economy and their and their uh tolerance for it is starting to wane but then there's also states like denmark which is a super hostile refugee state and actually the danish parliament passed a law that if refugees show up there in order to help pay for them the danish government will take all their shit yeah <coughs> and confiscate their belongings and their valuables and stuff
0: i saw a little mini documentary i can't i can't remember if it was denmark or sweden which, like, if you're from Denmark or Sweden, I'm sorry. Uh, no. But what, one of them, but I think it might have been Sweden. Whichever, uh, whichever one it was, they have a very far-right party that's uh, gaining more and more Denmark promise. has
1: that. So does Finland. Okay. Um, it, it could be either of those it countries. It might have been Denmark.
0: Yeah. Anyway, but uh, in this documentary, they were saying, like, they, uh, this isn't even, was it refugees? But they're, they're having, like, little um, Muslim ghettos in uh, Yeah, that in, actually in, has in been happening cities. in
1: Sweden too in some places. Oh. And Sweden's getting a lot of refugees from Somalia and apparently they're having some trouble with like gang-related violence. Ah. But okay, like here's a myth I want to get into right away. Mm. A The refugees coming to Canada are generally like settled families. They're like full families, right? It's like a, like parents and children. That's what the preference that the Canadian government has for selecting refugees. Mm-hmm. So we have a super different integration experience than the europeans do where a anyone can just show up in europe because they're attached by land right or by or it's easier to physically get there whereas in canada you can only get here if we allow you to right and then b a lot of the refugees are single young men Mm -hmm. right which is um psychologically a different thing for the european countries like in many ways because of racism and prejudice but then also like refugees are In order to settle them they're often held in refugee camps which are like temporary shelters built either by the government or by the united nations that just give them somewhere to sleep and like basic access to services like just water and some food right like the most bare necessities of life usually people are crammed into tiny conditions and and not given very much but they're given at least enough to not just die on the street yeah um but but those conditions, you know, in many of the countries they arrive in, they can't work right away, so they have a lot of trouble getting money. In a lot of places, they have to make their kids work, their ki- or they have to pay for their kids to go to school, which they can't afford. So kids stay out of school. People are kind of sitting around with absolutely no money, not doing anything, and those are the conditions that cause violence, drug abuse, um, and you know, uh, you know, uh, kind of like criminal activity among any group of people in the world right if you shove a bunch of people in a very sh- small area of space and give them absolutely no resources or money generally crime happens right. that's like a pretty universal rule um so it I, I would say it has nothing to do with the inherent character of the syrians that there are there's poverty and crime and things like that among some areas of the uh the the refugee resettlement in europe it's just that these are bad conditions they're going into and it's and there, it's hard to integrate them softly into society, right? Yeah. It's because like, it's such an aggra- aggressive and fast change that needs to happen, right?
0: Yeah, right. Wow. <clears throat> okay. So, how many how many Syrian refugees has Canada agreed to take? Forty thousand. At this
1: moment, we have forty thousand. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And okay, well, yeah. And so, this is an interesting thing too. Um, about two thirds of the refugees taken in by Canada, are brought in by the Canadian government. And the Canadian government pays them, uh, provides for their housing and food and gives them kind of an income mm-hmm. for one year. But the, the rest, kind of like about 40% of the refugees brought in are privately sponsored, which is a thing that you can do in Canada that you can't do in a lot of other places, but right. that a lot of other places have started talking about, which is where if you, any group of private citizens can agree to sponsor a a refugee... You come together. You have to raise a certain amount of money, which is about what the government would pay them in a year. I think they say it's twenty seven thousand dollars, like the minimum. So hashtag you, UBI. <laughs> hashtag UBI, baby. So you need a, once you raise enough money to support a family for a year, you're you're kind of you you um you tell the government, okay, our group has raised it, and they literally go, there's a family coming on this day. Do you want them or not? Right. And you have to say yes or you no. Know, you know almost nothing about them. You can't. You can't pick or choose. You know it's not like it's not like the pet store, right? right? You can't just adopt one. <laughs> and then and then you are your group of people is responsible for giving them the money, giving them an income that you've raised, and then kind of like being their social support network. Like mm-hmm. you're kind of their ambassadors into Canadian culture and into the new place that they're living. Um, and this is considered a quite a successful program in a lot of ways. Obviously, the individual experiences range greatly. There's as many different stories of it as there are human beings involved in it, right? Everyone has a different experience. But generally speaking, there's a much higher success rate with... Integration in terms of, like, people manage to find jobs, people manage to become self-sufficient and things like that. It's a lot easier if you have a privately sponsored refugee than a government sponsored refugee. Uh-huh. That being said, the government tends to uh, want to support harder cases, right? Um so people who, like one of the major problems with Syrian refugees is um, a lot of the people who are coming from Syria are illiterate in Arabic. They're from rural populations and they can't, they, they never learn to read. They're farmers or whatever. It's just not part of their culture. And when someone's illiterate in their own language, it's really hard to teach them another language. Uh, Way harder than if they're literate, right? Because you can write it down. You, like, you know, you, you imagine trying to teach someone a language, but you can't write anything down right you can't even you can't use a translation app to show them what google translate right like stuff like that it's so it becomes a world more difficult and the government the government takes responsibility for harder cases like that and prefers to give more educated more literate people with more english who are economically better who have more skills to the private groups Um, so that's kind of what part of what skews the numbers
0: right so Let's, as we often do, point our peepers towards the South and our good pal, Donald Chestnut Trump. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So what... So he... Because uh, I you know I mean, there was that story of a number of weeks slash months ago about him talking to the Australian uh, Prime Minister yeah uh, re some uh, some refugees that Barack Obama had uh, agreed to take from Australia right Trump is saying no, we're not going to take them right Are they going to take them and also is is the US's policy on refugees changing based on you know I, I know the travel ban was just sort of uh, was just a kibosh. But, well, I uh, think
1: that Donald Trump. Um, is extremely easily influenced and has only the most simplistic understanding of a given issue at any moment. And uh, I, I think that certainly the people around him don't want Syrian refugees, and certainly it's really easy politically for him to rail on Syrian refugees, and it's easy for him to play into the fear that Syrian refugees are degenerate uh, rapists and murderers who are all working for ISIS, right? That's the that's the kind of... Um, the, the stereotype that we're at risk of now i'm going to take a moment to say there have been some really shitty things that have happened committed by syrian refugees in europe um it's a bad situation it's not a fun situation the right. most infamous is on new year's eve in 2000 and i think it was 14 um there was like a mass sexual assault in cologne germany right you probably heard about this when it happened it was big news um like hundreds of men were like groping and assaulting women at the big train station in cologne germany and a lot of them were considered were north african or syria they were refugees like they're anyway this happened and this is often used as a right wing like um point they've scored against having refugees now it's also worth saying that there's lots of copycat kind of incidents reported and a lot of them have been fake Mm. A lot of people are lying about these kinds of things happening also in Europe. There's lots of instances of people saying a mass sexual assault was committed by refugees and the cops are like, we can't find any evidence at all of this happening. Uh, that's happened several times since this Cologne, Germany one, right? So that's happened. A popular one that people talk about in Canada is a Syrian refugee was arrested at the West Edmonton Mall water park for groping six women. Whoa. Um that happened. It was it's shitty. I, I do I will say that as far as I know, that's the only Syrian refugee in Canada um who has been arrested for a sexual assault. And that makes he's one out of forty thousand, which makes that rate about like two and a half out of a hundred thousand right. sexual assault people. And the rate for Canadians is like fifty-seven out of a hundred thousand. So, you know, yeah, you're take one sixtieth as one one thirtieth is likely to get assaulted by a Syrian refugee as by a Canadian. Take so,
0: that Syrian refugees. <laughs> yeah that's right. you've it's got a lot to learn. Step up your game, yeah. guys. Do you have any idea how hard it is to teach someone sexual assault when they can't read <laughs> their own language? You Woo! should see
1: the pictures I've had to draw. <laughs> yeah. It's not pretty. Let me tell you. Yeah. Oh, what a horrible line of. It is of a, joking. a horrible line of joking,
0: but also we joke so we don't cry.
1: <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> anyway, um,
0: I don't know. I think
1: well, those things happen. Know, those certainly things happen. But and, and 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 I
0: and I I would be much more suspicious if there if it was. I, I don't like clean arguments, you know. Yeah. Like I don't like an argument yeah. that's like this is right because of a hundred percent stat, you know. We're I think, no, if it's not dirty, it's not not true.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, and it's true that probably <coughs> some, that some of the terrorist attacks that were committed in Europe, like the Paris shootings or the Berlin truck attack, some of those people may have gotten into Europe in groups of refugees. Sure. There's twelve million displaced people, and. The, the, this is like not this is a crisis that's a good word for it nobody's having a good time here nobody thinks this is ideal and nobody thinks this is is how is does uh, nobody's plan a happening right now but what we're but we're saying is this is a serious moral imperative that we have to help these people right, right? like like to do nothing and let these people suffer and die we did that in world war Two, and it, I think it haunts us. Certainly anyone who learned, when I read about for the first time Canada turning away Jews who died and who made it to Canada from Germany right. and then were sent back to Germany by Canada to die in concentration camps, like n- never again. Right. Never again.
0: Well, here's an idea. <clears throat> what if we took the bottom half of Alberta and the top half of Montana, <laughs> hollowed it out, they put all the Syrian refugees there and made a new country. Yeah, how would you? How would that pan out?
1: We call it beefistan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, though, okay, like you're I was ju- trying to
0: make a joke about it, the invention of Israel, but, oh. <laughs> but I don't really understand. Oh, I it. see. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know enough about it. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, that's basically what happened, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like sort of, more or less.
1: <laughs> let's do a. Let's make a note right now that we're <laughs> definitely going to get that. <laughs> All out in right, the future I've written episode. that
0: down. I e- yeah. I'm eating the piece of paper. and, yeah. now I and that's never part of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: um. Okay, so let's let's transition now into this this part of the episode. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so I like your tone, this sounds like a promising, hopeful bit. What we are going to see in the future? Yeah and this is the tip of a huge iceberg the syrian refugee crisis is the tip of what's going to become an absolutely mind-bogglingly gigantic global refugee crisis within our lifetimes Um, we're going to see heavy populations of people who come from large muslim countries fleeing into the west and having to settle here people are worried that Syrians won't integrate well that they'll be resistant to western culture. Obviously every Syrian person has a different attitude to it. I've heard stories of Syrians totally being down to just be in western culture. I've heard, you know, they in Syria their wives wore hijabs and here they're like, "You know what? You don't need to. It's a cultural thing. It's not religious." doctrine for them. Right. I've heard of other people who said, I'm uncomfortable with my daughters doing these things but we're in a new country now so I, get, I have to like respect that and then I've heard of people trying to make their kids still be Syrian. You know, I've right. heard the whole spectrum mm. of stories. The honest and uncomfortable truth that the West is going to have to face is that we're going to have huge Muslim co- populations immigrating into our countries because of need and desperation and devastation and we are going to Adopt them, and they're going to have to f- adopt to a fundamentally different culture. But their culture is going to influence us as well. They're going to become numerically large and significant political populations in some parts of the countries, uh-huh. and perhaps those countries will start to see more, uh, like political priorities that come that are more in line with people who come from Islamic countries. That might happen. Right. Um, here's the here's the story. Here's the really here's the put your put your soul soul protective goggles on right now cuz right. like, this is going to get pretty intense. Okay, all strapped in. The country of Bangladesh is uh, it's, it borders India and Pakistan and Burma. Mm-hmm. It's you know so it's on the Indian Ocean, right? In the, in Asia. And uh, and Bangladesh is a ge- mostly low land, so it's basically at sea level, right? Um, and it's a country of 150 million people. And there's a very good chance that because of global warming, by the time our kids are old, 80% of it will be underwater and 150 million people are going to have to find new homes. Whoa. And those are Muslim people. Yeah. Right. Who are all going to have to flee somewhere. And I'm talking about the, the, there's a lot of small islands off of the coast of Bangladesh. They're already half gone in the last 15 years wow. there I'm, I'm talking like people have visited those islands and people are like 20 years ago that was my house and there's like a tree 400 feet out of the water Whoa. right um g- global warming is causing the Himalayan mountains to melt more every year which is causing um the flood waters coming in from the mountains through Bangladesh to the ocean to be huger and huger and wider and wider. It's eroding the kind of very fertile soil of the riverbanks. Feet every year are disappearing into the rivers as the water gets bigger and bigger. It's also forcing, the sea levels are rising, so it's forcing salt into the soil of Bangladesh so their crops are dying. So their crops crops aren't growing. Their country is physically disappearing into the ocean to the point where Bangladesh's best and brightest scientists and thinkers are already creating massive floating boat complexes that are part school part hospital like they're like these boat refugee they're cities re- they're getting ready for water world they're getting ready for water world and it's <laughs> oh not a joke God. like um so re- you know think of how big a global issue the Syrian refugee crisis is. Yeah. 12 million people. Multiply that by, by a hun- 10. A 10. 150 million Bangladeshis will need a new home. There's a good chance within the next 50 to 60 years. Right? <sighs> wow. So what I have, in researching this, I've come to realize, like, we need to, A, create a good refugee resettlement infrastructure. We need to get good at resettling refugees because we're going to need to. Yeah, do it a, a lot. lot, especially a country like Canada that has space for people, <clears throat> you know, like right. maybe we don't have the most resources, but we have the room, we you know, like sp- Germany, yeah. Germany, the most populous nation in the EU, which is not huge, like geographically, um, and which already has taken 3 million Syrians can't take a lot more people. Mm-hmm. Right? There's not a lot of countries that can take all these people. India, is already building a wall on the border with Bangladesh to keep people from running across the border into oh. India. Like that's where I mean, like this isn't a maybe. Right. This, this is, is, is going to happen. happen. These right. people are going to need a new place to live, and we're going to start seeing that with probably a lot of island nations. And these are people, the people who are going to be the most vulnerable to climate change. I mean, and not to like totally ruin your day here, but that's the 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 like you know fifty to sixty years number is the like definitely number. If, if, if a huge ice shelf breaks off and melts into the ocean randomly, it'll happen like very fast. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And then it'll be millions of dead people and millions of people looking for new homes. And we have to be ready for this. It's going to happen. Wow. Um, This is why the Syrian refugee crisis, it's a, it's a moral crisis. It's like, do we let these people die while we still have all of these resources and space? Or do we let them in? But it's also a real test. It's uh, a test, too. And it's an an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to get ready for what is sure to be an extremely serious refugee crisis in in the next 100 years. Um, And and I mean, I I can't go without saying, too, that Bangladesh is sinking because of global warming. It Mm. wasn't sinking before man-made global warming in the 18th century. Sorry, the 19th century began with the Industrial Revolution. And the West, you know, Canadians, Americans, Europeans are the beneficiaries of global warming. Like, the boats are bringing shit to us. You know what I mean? Like, the cars, the trucks. Like, we are the ones who are getting a lot out of global warming. And the people who are going to have their country sink into the ocean are are the ones who are paying the price first. Right? So I think that's a huge part of why, morally, we need to be ready to help these people. Because we are as responsible as anybody. We are responsible for this happening.
0: Mm. Well,
1: wow. We, we should do an episode on global warming. Yeah, also. okay. That's a good one. Climate I'd be change, happy to warming. do it. I mean, not happy. Holy I'd be super depressed to do hell. it. But like...
0: 150 million. 150 million people. That's five who, times Canada's it's population. It's
1: 150 p- million people who live wow. in a, a country the size of Iowa. It's a super dense country.
0: Whew. Yeah. Holy shit.
1: And it's all at sea level. And it's sinking. Oh.
0: Bangladesh be sinking. Bangladesh be sinking. Wow, and that's just like, and then, and that's also just one example of a of a, um a need for mass refugee uh, help. I mean, uh, of which I'm sure we're like that's not going to be the the sole no. reason wars, for refugees. Wars cause refugees.
1: Years. Wars cause refugees, and natural disasters cause refugees. And you know, as climate change increases, we're going to see more crazy weather events. Like right. typhoons have gotten way harder in Bangladesh than they ever have. Right? There used to be. Um there used to be a type a really serious typhoon every couple of years, now there's like four a year. Oh like huge where like, you know, massive waves come crashing in and carry away entire houses and shit like that. That's been happening more and more. Um and that kind of thing will happen across the world. Even the Syrian the Syrian Civil War um has been the attributed to climate change actually in a lot of ways because there was a really bad drought for three or four years before the syrian civil war started which meant a lot of crops a lot of farms failed and a lot of rural people had to resettle into cities there was a big migration of people from the country into cities where they lived generally in poverty social conditions got really bad the you know the social safety net was really strained and the, the kind of unrest and anger about that was what sparked helped spark the civil war you can't solely attribute it to that but it was a contributing factor for sure right right wow yeah (sighs) wow and at the end of the day like and okay so that's the big 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 picture let's just zoom back in though the experience of being like this is going to sound glib but i actually found this weirdly helpful like think of those days when you're traveling and it's like a 12-hour day and you've been in the airport and on planes and shit for fucking hours. Yeah. And how just how uncomfortable twelve hours in transit will make right. you, right? Instead of like six and then, months. And then combine that with like think of the feeling when you're about to move and all your shit is in boxes and you don't have any of your things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you don't have access to it. Like you're, you know, you don't feel like you exist anywhere. Yeah. Like those little, like those feelings times. The, a million yeah. are the experience of being plus the threat of physical harm, the terror that your family yeah, don't might be send killed. me back to where I came exactly. from. Exactly, but like just the, the the spiritual feeling of being uprooted, like like these people are just looking for a home. Right. They're people who have given up on their home. You'd only become a refugee. Like like there is a chance, a lot of refugees end up returning to their. Home country. Once things have stabilized, who knows when Syria is going to stabilize? Right. It's not clear what's going to happen there. Right. Um, By then,
0: I'm sure a lot that that four day old baby will be yeah. uh, will be certainly grown into oh, yeah. a a person with well, like, a
1: personality. There are kids, you know, it takes years to get approved to come to the West, certainly to Canada as a refugee. There are kids, you know, eight year old kids who are coming now, to, who are Syrian refugees who haven't been in school in like five years. Wow. Right, so you were like three years old, you know, when right. you, and you haven't been to a school and you're eight, you know, that's a, it's 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 a crisis, it's a generational crisis. Right, so we talked a bit about internally displaced
0: people and also like <clears throat> refugee status and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Now, I I was reading uh, a number of weeks ago about refugee or not refugees about Muslim <clears throat> people in the U.S. Uh, trying to jump the border into Canada. Yes. When I think it was, I think the, the, Trump the catalyst was the yeah the Trump election. That's right. And they're not refugees. Right. They're, like, according to the UN, they are displaced or something. No. Well, they could
1: be refugees. Um, Canada has this thing called the Safe Third Country Agreement. And what that means is if you are a refugee and you get to a place that's considered a safe country... And then you try to come to Canada, you don't count as a refugee for in Canada. Mm-hmm. So if you're Syrian, you get to the U.S. and then you try to come to the U.S. from the U.S. to Canada, uh, you can't get counted. You can't be like I'm a refugee. They're like you already got to safety. Basically, is right. what they're saying. Um, there's a loophole. Right, we got you out.
0: You don't get to be picky and choosy.
1: Yeah. So because of that, um, yeah, Canada can deport refugees who try to do that but there is a loophole where if you're picked up in an undocumented border crossing or something like that you can still claim refugee status um and and also there's like um even if you get end up getting deported um, once you declare yourself a refugee like if you're crossing the border you declare yourself a refugee they have to look into it before they can say you are or you aren't and that's a period of several months like minimum, where right. they'll take care of you right, right, so if you need temporary safety it's an option it's not an attractive option, but a lot of people are hedging their bets on it as yeah. opposed to being um t- yeah deported from the u s
0: yeah well i was I was curious about that um for a couple of reasons like one you know a it's it's a very like um real tangible example of like the fear mm-hmm. that trump creates in his own country you go oh wow these people actually uh, like went to up and leave yeah you know uh another part of me is like yeah like yeah
1: i, I don't know i don't know I, oh know, and it's I mean, worth it's saying not, is
0: it as is it as crazy as as they're anticipating it to be is well it, here's
1: know? here's an interesting number like usually there's about um In Manitoba, there's a there's a border crossing in Manitoba that's quite easy to cross on foot. It's it's the middle of winter, right? So it sucks. Yeah. But it is it's like one of the easier ones to just walk across the border because there's nothing there. Um. And generally they get about I think the number is thirty to forty, like you know spontaneous border crossings. That's the air quotes term for it or whatever a year. Yeah. And it's now March and they've had four hundred, whoa, four hundred people crossing from the U.S. to Canada. Often like it's like eight hours. Through a field in the middle of night in winter, in yeah. like knee deep, waist deep snow. People have been, people have lost like toes and fingers and stuff to frostbite trying to cross from yeah. the US into Canada. No one, this is not fucking around. Right. This is not a walk in the park. This is a serious thing. Yeah. It also costs generally thousands, people pay thousands of dollars to get a guide to bring them close to the border. You have to pay for, you know, it's this tiny town in Manitoba that's processing all these people. Right.
0: This is more of a a jolly little anecdote about crossing the border, but uh, my uncle lives in uh, Tsawasin, B.C. Mm -hmm. Um, He used to ride his bike across the border somewhere down down there, Mm -hmm. uh, but not at a... A, a checkpoint. He would he would just he would just take it across, find to find a trail, ride his ride his bike across the border, and he'd go buy beer in the states because it's a bit it's cheaper. cheaper. <laughs> and so he went and did that, and had a backpack full of beer, and rode his bike across. And uh, it was like the next day, or like two days later, and for the next couple weeks, there were signs up like all over Tawasan and other neighboring towns, being like. Uh, red alert, be on the lookout for, uh, <laughs> you know, a man was seen uh, riding his bike across the border. We don't know who he is. We don't know what he's about. Yeah, yeah, uh, And my uncle knew yeah, it was it me. Was it was him. He just yeah. wanted some <laughs> just Miller want, Lite. <laughs> <laughs> for, for cheap. It was Miller time. And yeah, when it's Miller time. And he wanted to save eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I Like you do. People, I mean, people cross legally at the border to like buy gas and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's It used to not be that big a deal, though I think most people wouldn't do that anymore. No. It's been a pretty heinous situation here. I'm not sure how, how international this news has gotten. Obviously, any Canadians listening would be pretty familiar with this, but Canadian people who generally enjoy pretty free movement across the border into the United States have been uh, getting hassled and sent away for really uh, bizarre and arbitrary reasons under Trump. That's mm-hmm. it's, it's actually kind of alarming how quickly the temperature changed. Yeah. And that's real, right? Like the same, I guess it, it, you wouldn't be crazy to think the tide was turning against you. I mean, ICE, which is like the U.S. immigration um, agency, the people who will arrest you and deport you, they've been doing lots of raids. They've been deporting people. Should and- they have picked less of a supervillain name? I know. <laughs> like, I thought they used to be you know? called the INS, but I think they changed their name to ICE. Right. Like, like it's a bit, it's a bit too cool. To they could have be been a, like, to, it should have been like Black Ice. Yeah, <laughs> you never see it coming, but it'll get you. It'll get you. Yeah. Don't you think um, about it? And they've been doing horrifying things like. Arresting people who are getting medical operations, like right. who are like in the hospital, or like arresting people who are appearing in court for de- like t- because their spouse was beating them, right. and they arrested a woman like at her own domestic abuse trial and deported her.
0: Well, that'll teach her. Right? <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Jeff Sessions, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> have you found your I'm, way back in the closet? Oh, hey, boy. <laughs> uh, I
0: just heard you talking about refugees, and I, I, I thought I, I'd chime
1: in. Go on. Fuck refugees. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Thank you Mr. Sessions. Well,
0: bye, Mr. Sessions. Um. Yeah. I it, my I don't work for the government, obviously. But if I did, I would be very careful to choose to choose a department in which, like, yeah. at the uh, uh, the the Nuremberg
1: trials, yeah.
0: didn't sound so obvious. Yeah. Right. It's like, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's
1: like, listen, we at the we at the agency of Mexican skulls and tears <laughs> have never ever engaged in any wrongdoing with the parts of the Mexican people. I wonder how I wonder how many other like hilarious government. Names right, like one of my favorite ones in Canada is um, Canada's like the Canadian Army's like Navy SEALs, like they're like elite special operations unit. You, you know this probably. It's called Joint Task Force Two, JTF, yeah, yeah, JTF Two. two yeah. Here's some, but nobody knows if there's a JTF One. Whoa. Like no one's ever. It's like totally. If I mean it, it would seem to make sense that there would be a JTF One, but no one knows. No civilians know what it is. What its deal is, what it does exactly, like nobody has any idea about that. That's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: this should be a TV show about that.
1: But you think like they're like, yeah, it's JTF two. There are elite special. They're like, so there are elite special forces. Some people are like, oh, oh, so if they're two. Then what's one? They're like, shit, we it. can't tell them about the pigeon, <laughs> the pigeon, the pigeon soldiers. Shit, yeah. why didn't we call the human soldiers JTF one <laughs> and make the pigeon soldiers JTF two so that we didn't. Clue in that there was a there was secret unit one. of pigeons. It's like, I, it's
0: like that classic. I don't know if this is a classic, but the uh, the the old. Uh, it's an old like pra- prank, like high school prank that my dad told me about. I yeah. don't know if he did it or if. Uh, If it was just like You know Urban legend But you 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 go get Three pigs From the farm Mm -hmm. And you uh, You bring them To your school And you spray paint The numbers One two and four (laughs) On the sides of it And you release them In the school So the teachers Think there's the third one (laughs) Think there's three They're like Where's three
1: That's so funny. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Ah, oh, that was
0: one Yeah. Here's that's, a good high school prank. That's
1: what JTF2 is. This is not about Syrian refugees or JTF2, but this is also a good high school prank that some people did at a neighboring high school of mine mm. was they had their, their combo to their buddy's locker. So they opened it one day, stuffed it full of pornography to the point where they had to hold the door <laughs> closed to close it, closed it, and then went to the shop and got the, like, the, welding, the welder and welded his lock shut so that when he got to school... He had to get the janitor to cut his lock off, <laughs> and when the janitor cut it off, like porn exploded all over the hallway. That is a good one. It's just, it's funny because it's like no one really gets hurt, but it's objectively hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: um. Okay, so so uh, Syrian high school pranks, JTF two, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just going down. Um. There.
1: I mean, yeah, I I feel like we've covered the major bases. Oh, so in Canada, here's 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 maybe like the last the last act of this explanation yeah. in Canada right now the government will fund Syrian refugees for a year and private sponsorship, your obligation is to fund them for a year so there's a lot of talk now, there's a great uh, there's a great series in the New York Times where they were talking about Canadian families taking in Syrian refugees and the, the most recent one, and I think the final one in the series they followed the same family for a number of years, um, is about month 13, it's about like are you self-sufficient when after 12 months when the right. funding dries up. The answer is almost always no. Right. Again, we've talked about like these people, some of them are illiterate. They don't, It's super slow for them to learn English. You know, um, could you get a job? Like if you had to move to Turkey and learn how to speak Arabic, would you be self-sufficient in a year? Like it's not no. clear that you would be, right? Yeah. So I, I think that it's an unrealistic goal. I think that we just need to be okay with helping provide for these people's integration for a long-term situation. And I don't I'm I'm okay personally with that being almost indefinite. Right. Like why not if hey, we had universal, Why don't basic we income? Fucking universal basic income and a fucking federal job guarantee and then just put them in that system so that yeah. we all have it. Then we don't have to worry about resettling refugees anymore, do we? Right. No. If we just grab if we if we take a portion of all capital gains in the country and use that to fund everybody's universal basic income, all of a sudden this refugee question gets a lot simpler. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And that provides a framework for all of us moving forward, doesn't it? I, I, anyway there's a lot of ways forward i think that we all have to become okay with the idea that they these people need resources to to be resettled but they should be resettled we have an obligation morally to resettle them and we, we should get good at it because guess what it's, it's gonna be it's happening. happening
0: again and it's only gonna get worse yeah wow thanks a lot google robot richard you're welcome, Jamie. Wait,
1: why haven't, You're, why haven't you been talking like that the whole time? Your <laughs> dildo pizza has arrived. Oh. <laughs> got you, asshole. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Google <laughs> robot Richard. Uh, just kidding, I'm a human. Oh, or
0: am I? Or am I? Um, I have been dreaming of electric sheep. Um, <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, that's kind of what I got. Like, yeah, I, well, that's that's great. It's, that, that,
0: it's, it's, it's another puzzle piece on the great Middle Eastern topic you yeah. know of, uh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sort of appreciating us handling these kinds of things piece by piece yeah piece by piece because otherwise it's a lot to a lot to to, to munch on mm-hmm. and I, yeah I find it I, I obviously did, had no idea about the Bangladeshi global warming it's issue it's like
1: too under the radar like literally because I remember I would heard anecdotally about it and I went when I was researching this I went I heard that thing about how all the people in Bangladesh might need to be resettled soon. I should Google that. And I Googled it and it was like right there. Yeah, You know, it's like, but I was like, Oh shit. Like I, we need to all be talking about this a little bit more. Right. Right.
0: Oh my God. That's harrowing.
1: Yeah. I recommend there was an excellent article written in a newspaper from Belfast. It was one of the, basically the first things that arrived on Google when I typed in, is Bangladesh sinking into Google? Um, it was just Google it, wrote long, back. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's a very long form, long form piece. Uh, I, I'll put maybe a link to it in the episode description or something. It was really a good read, harrowing read. Uh, I recommend it. It was great, great, great cool. article. Um, um should we do a little wrap up? W- do what did little, we learn, Jamie? Little wrap rap.
0: Um civil war in Syria between Bashir al-Assad, the the rebels and ISIS is uh, it's got its Don't forget it, them Kurds. It's sticky little fingers them in there as Kurds. as well as uh, <laughs> as well as the dope Kurds. Yeah. Um so there are 12 million Syrian refugees. In need of a place to stay, uh, places like Germany is taking a million. Um, it, it's a really a, a very serious crisis in Europe because there's no uh, ocean. You 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 just pour out of that country into another country, mm-hmm. um, and so there's a, there's a lot of panic in and around that. United States is taking ten thousand. Canada is taking
1: forty thousand. Uh, I should say I never said this. Um, declaring yourself a refugee works both ways. So like once you declare yourself a refugee in a country, that country is obligated to to provide for you huh. under the Geneva Convention. Right. Which all these countries have agreed to. So like they get access to resources from the UN. But like once you're a refugee, you have to be cared for. You can't just be deported. Like all kinds of stuff like that. Very right. interesting.
0: Yeah. Do you? And you and you obviously need papers and stuff like that to show where you're from. No, no.
1: Sometimes yeah, you don't I'm, have them. Sometimes you don't have them.
0: Little, you know, my little competitive life hacky brain. <laughs> why, if I was homeless, <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't I just go to the the guy, like government, and say, go to the airport and say I'm a refugee?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes they do do that. Homeless people do. Not, not homeless people, but like um, I've been on international flights before, yeah, where. Uh, The there's people there checking, um, checking passports before you get to customs, so that you can't declare yourself a refugee. Like like um, it's it's like because I think you, okay I have to look into this. I think you can't just do it anywhere. I think you like you need to do it at like a border point or at a, a like a customs is like a place people do it or stuff like that. Right. So I think there I don't know there might be ways around that kind of thing. I mean. I'm sure if you were a Canadian-born
0: person obviously looking to take advantage of a system that they would find you out pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, and yeah, cuz they obviously then they they maybe would declare you uh, they'd they examine you, but obviously like you personally Jamie speak only English with the Canadian accent, so that would probably <laughs> be a point against you. Right. And then um But I am illiterate in Arabic, so Yeah. Getting declared a refugee is probably not a vast improvement to being homeless right also you know like 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 you would have to apply for resettlement in Canada right Right. right like right. once you are a refugee if you want to get resettled in Canada and get acc- like I guess your hack is like then the government will give me Twenty-seven thousand dollars to live for a year. Yeah, right. But that takes years, and you get the shit vetted out of you. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah. that makes sense. Um, okay, so to continue on, ten thousand in the states, around forty thousand in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a massive issue, and also it's a it's a real opportunity to show history what we've got, especially since there is a much worse. Issue coming down.
1: Show me pipe. what you've got. Show that's me what I you've like. got. That's all I can think right now. Show me what you've got. I like what you've got is hopefully <laughs> mm, what Get swifty <laughs>
0: yeah. ah, oh, Everyone We're, who
1: doesn't watch Rick and Morty who's yeah. listening to this podcast, I apologize for that. <laughs> um,
0: oh man, that's a good episode. Go i watch I Rick that and episode Morty literally today, actually. That's so
1: funny. Show us what you've got. The president in that in that episode this is amazing. Like yeah. the like he's like, God damn it! I believe in him. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hot ass jam. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's like, uh,
0: yeah, I but I do believe in them, and Swifty was a jam. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so good! Please go watch Rick and Morty. Um, yeah, funny. this this Bangladeshi thing that's something I didn't know about. That's very very troubling, and also, but also, you know, sometimes I I. Here's, here's a, a, perhaps a controversial, not so point of view, but a, a thought, is that I was reading this article uh, in which they were discussing time travel, and most people's answer to like what would you do if you could time travel is to go back in time and kill Hitler. Seriously? That's what a lot of people say. A lot of people are like, I would go back in time and kill Hitler. And the point of this article was like, okay, let's, let's analyze what would happen if yeah. you actually did that and like you know you, there, there's obviously there's certain uh, a whole lot of theorizing you know and, and a whole lot of um, just suspension of disbelief. but the point of the article was you know uh, you, you think about all the good things that have happened in the world because of the point of reference that Hitler and Nazi Germany created right and like you know they tr- created like this benchmark of evil right and benchmark of what we don't want to be in and much in, in when we were talking about Angela Merkel yeah you know germany has defined itself in the centu- in the later part of uh of uh, the 20th century by being not what they were in the early part of the 20th century mm-hmm. anyway bring that back of like i I sort of look at this uh, imminent bangladeshi refugee crisis obviously with horror and like i can't believe global warming is 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 already at that point. Yep. But, you know, part of me is like maybe that is the is the catalyst that maybe that is the moment that we all need to happen. Not not for millions of people to die. I don't yeah. I don't mean to say that, but I mean, maybe we need 150 million people to be like you're all fucked up. You need to, I
1: mean like, this now is, let's, let's fix it. This is you know? such an imperfect metaphor and I hate myself for doing it, but it's like the Reichstag, right? Like the burning of the Reichstag. That yeah. was what, or the Gulf of Tonkin incident. It, it, you know, it's like you need a big visible tragedy in order to galvanize public sympathy. Now, I mean, I'm saying, and I honestly hope we don't need all the people to drown and die yeah. in order for us to get moving on this. We need to look at it and go, holy shit, this is for real. Yeah. And even if, I mean, like, let's start, let's start acting. Let's start making this happen now. Right. So it's well, not a you know, surprise. So that we're sort of ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I I understand Like the, like, okay. Now it's real. I think that's a real thing psychologically that people do. I really don't want all those people to die for our, no, in order for, for our own like you know benefit, <laughs> to, for our own like oh shit this is for real benefit. I think that we should get our shit together and just help them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some- yeah,
0: but no, but you know it's that old like, and this is a real folksy Alberta thing. But you yeah. know you you fall down on your skates and you get back up and you're better than you were before you fell. Right, you know of like. Uh, yeah, it take or as as my 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 I I love Sam Harris as he said you know uh, there are exponentially more ways to fail in every situation than there are to succeed and mm-hmm. so the odds of failing are higher than success and so you know that's. Uh, we're just constantly failing until we succeed. Mm -hmm. And like it's, it's, uh, this is a, a glib way to talk about 150 million people losing the country that they, they live in, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Because you know, there's all this global warming science. And, you know. Yeah. And, and people seem sh-
1: to find some fucking way to ignore that. Yeah. And they find <laughs> their way. To, so I'm like, what is it going
0: to take? What's the, we, what is the line in the sand?
1: We have to admit to ourselves that we are living a life of comfort and luxury that we are unwilling to part with. But that it is, you know, this is the word. It's unsustainable. Yeah. Our lifestyle in the West. The nice things we have, the clothes we have. The food that we get. You know, like, this shit is not a sustainable way to live and we are killing the planet and very quickly we'll be killing hundreds of millions of other people in order to continue living like this. I heard... This is not my metaphor. This comes broken telephone third-hand to me Mm. from somebody who was watching this lecture series in Canada called the Massey Lectures. I don't know anything about them. I don't remember. It was a a woman giving this lecture because the current topic is the Syrian refugee crisis of the Massey Lectures. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the woman who made the metaphor. I apologize. But the metaphor has stuck with me and she said, relayed to me by a person who had listened to it, the moment that the West is facing right now is you are walking through a park wearing a brand new bespoke tailored suit and brand new sneakers and you see a child drowning in a pond? Right. Do you jump in and ruin your suit and sneakers to save that child's life? Uh-huh. That's, the, that's the moment we're in. Right. Interesting. Is our comfort and luxury worth those people's lives? Yeah. Because the honest truth is that in order to provide for this huge movement of people that is definitely going to happen (laughs) in the next hundred years our lifestyles will have to change they will have to they'll just have to change right we can't keep doing the stuff that we've been doing i don't think that's a bad thing um we live in an artificial illusion of abundance in the west but our abundance comes at the cost of the health and safety of poor people all over the world who are invisible to us right wow anyway
0: I would take off my suit and sneaker.
1: <laughs> As would I. Yeah. In fact, let's take our clothes off. Right now, Jamie. Oh, my God. He's just got a circuit board where his nipples should be. It's happening. <laughs> ah, he's a Google machine.
0: <laughs> now I am here. Google Jamie lives. <laughs> Come, Google
1: Jamie. Let us... Make a hot ass playlist of jams. Yes,
0: and we will charge people $5 a month to yeah. listen to said playlist. That's right. This is the
1: end game for humanity, ladies and gentlemen. Show us what you got. <laughs> <laughs> Get swifty. All right, okay. Um, all right, well, that's been our episode for wow. this week. Okay. Um, if you liked, if you like what you've been hearing, please take a listen to our older episodes if you haven't. We have a new episode every week on a complicated political topic, as well as most weeks uh, a second bonus episode, which has you know a, f- a fun extra little dollop of content. That's right. Um, and if you have an idea for a topic you want us to explain, if you heard things in this episode that you felt we didn't explain correctly, or you have more questions about things we did explain, please. Send us an email. Explain to Jamie at gmail.com. Tweet at us. Tweet at explain jamie. Or uh, find us on SoundCloud. Leave us a comment. Soundcloud.com slash explain to Jamie. The Facebook page We have a Facebook page.
0: Obviously. If you type explain it to Jamie into Google google wall. jamie and
1: i personally as <laughs> the physical manifestations of google will take you there
0: that's right yeah. that's right so yeah it yeah, feels feel oh, someone
1: just typed it in right now hey also somebody wants to see pictures of boobs yep
0: that's all i get oh, humanity. all day <laughs> <laughs> um uh that's beautiful um i'm i'm jamie i'm richard this is explain it to jamie like share subscribe be cool <laughs>